everyone, and welcome to the No Holes Barred Witchcraft podcast. Today, we're going to be a broaching a subject, Chris, I think, that is going to polarise people more than any subject we've ever talked about, including <laughs> the Wiccans and Neo-Pagans and uh, uh, what is those things that I collect from people? Chakras, that's right. <laughs> you know, like in Star Wars, the Sith, they kill off all the Jedi and steal their lightsabers. I kill off all the New Agers and steal their chakras. They make <laughs> lovely little beads that you can uh, hang from your neck, you know? Chakra rosaries. Chakra rosaries, yeah. So today, the subject, if you may or may not have guessed from the little graphic that's in the uh, Noel's Bard Witchcraft secret Facebook group that is vastly not becoming a secret, Chris. There's a <laughs> lot of people in there now, and I must suspect him that people have been a-talking. Like Fight Club. The first rule is you don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> right, so today we're talking about all this retrograde bollocks. You know? Yeah. Like, there's these things called the planets. They're like stars, but they're not actually stars. They go around stars. Our local star, a big one, it's called the sun. The sun is a star. Some people don't know that. I know, Some people worrying, don't know the it? sun is actually a star. I think it's because they watch the, they do all the tarot reading. The tarot readers, Chris, some of them are not educated, like old cunning folk. They look at the sun card and they look at the star card. And they say, no, the sun is not a star, <laughs> because it's the sun. <laughs> and I say, go back and have a look through the rectangular window. So, today, astrology, more particularly, we're not talking about general astrology. What we're talking about is we're talking about these people that use astrology for the magic. And what they say is are things like... Oh, I cannot work the magic because Mercury is in retrograde. Or, oh, tis a dark moon? One can only work dark magics on a dark moon. <laughs> Although I didn't realise, Chris, that Wiccans were allowed to do dark magic. I thought it was all love and light. Yeah, well, I don't think they were allowed to. Maybe really. it's just one day a year. Okay. You know, it's like that film. I forget what it is when you're allowed to go on a killing spree for one day of the year. Oh, the Purge. Purge, that's it. Yeah, the purge, the purge, which isn't necessarily, I could think, I could get on board with that if we did a real life purge. I don't think I would be one of those people that we'd be uh, hiding in like a panic room no, or something like that. You'd be preparing. one of those in the scary mask going around killing people. I'd, oh, oh, I'd have to have a mask. I'd have to have a scary mask, you know, and it, it, it would have to be like the same one each year. I would want to build a reputation. You know. Oh, I just thought maybe we'll do Witch Wars 25 or something like that or be a magical purge. Chris, why do you always take it too far? <laughs> you know, we've got, we're getting a reputation for being <laughs> naughty witches as it is. And I am a little concerned that if we did start getting people to not just kill one or two per people, because we did that in the first Witch Wars, <laughs> but if we're trying to purge, you know, entire groups of like-minded individuals. <laughs> no. I know that it would make the world a better place, but ethically speaking, it's a shady area. Okay. I'll behave. So, the idea of all this Mercury retrograde and that, can you explain a little bit about the the New Agey kind of uh, Instagram, Facebook witch theory? Is it just because they read it in a book or something? I'm assuming they read it in a book, but I'm not actually sure what book they would have read to say that, other than perhaps the Cunningham variety. But that's about the only thing, because I don't understand why it would be an issue in the sense that technically retrograde is an illusion. It's not actually going backwards. So it just appears that way because of where there is in its cycle going around, you know, going around the sun. 
So I don't quite understand why you would suddenly need to behave differently. So I get I get from a an astrological point of view. So, you know, if you're reading someone's birth chart and Mercury is in retrograde or any other planet is in retrograde at that point, because that's about the symbolism of the planets moving through the stars, uh, you know, and moving around through space. In which case you kind of go, OK, well, that position must mean something because that's the whole point of astrology is taking a look of what's actually appearing to happen in the solar system from our point of view. And then assigning, um, you know, problems and other things to that symbolism, because that's essentially what astrology is. It's not saying oh, well, you know, you were born under that, so therefore you've got more Pluto energy in you, or or whatever. Although I shouldn't really say Pluto, should I? Yes, it's been, is it downgraded or upgraded at this point? I think it's still downgraded. Okay. Pluto is not a planet. Not currently a planet. Okay. I think we currently class it as an abyss. Well, okay. <laughs> Let's not confuse people and jump suddenly across okay. to the, uh, the Kabbalah. Um, but the... So, yeah, so what I don't understand is where people assign those those issues. Like, so in an ast- astrological point of view, it makes sense because you're looking at it going, OK, well, that means that this means that, um, you know, all these people with a Scorpio rising, you know, all those folk. I can understand that because that's that's supposed to be a representation it's not saying that Scorpio has done this to you in this particular or the sun, you are full of the sun energy, um, but with a particular feel of Aquarius. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that that isn't what astrology is about. It's about sign. It's about signs and symbols, signs and symbols. Um, so in that particular moment, you're just pointing out that, oh, well, that's an omen. To say that that particular person is going to develop this way. Um, you know, they're going to be a little psychopath because, you know, Scorpio appears to be in their moon sign or, or something like that. Hey, Scorpio's in my moon phase sign and I'm not a psychopath. I'm a sociopath, sociopath. and there is a difference. Okay, thank you for correcting me. But yeah, so I don't quite understand how that then got attached to magical practice so you know the same way with the moon phases to me the best you can possibly use the moon phases for is for sympathetic magic where you're watching the moon change because at the end of the day us seeing the moon in the sky is a reflection (laughs) so you're not actually look so you know what you see and don't see is based on an, an illusion by where the position of the sun is the moon is always there that's why the tides don't suddenly stop happening, because the moon is always there. So what I don't understand is when they assign these kind of moments, um, magical moments, um, to this sort of thing. So particularly with retrograde, because that's an illusion. The planet is not suddenly going backwards. So why should that matter? Um, Mercury's there available like it is the rest of the year um obviously when it is closer like that's an interesting point uh you know where if you're going to base what types of magic you practice based on where the the planets are in in terms of distance from us i can kind of see something going on with that but at the end of, you know that it happens to be closer so surely you don't have to pull as hard you know um but at the end of the day, with people like uh, practicing practitioners like ourselves, we wouldn't consider that because you'd just open a portal in the hallway and pull the energy through that you wanted to use at that particular time. So, you know, we don't need to see the sun in the sky in order to actually use its energy the same way you don't need Mercury to be visible to us for it to matter. So, I think I know what the real reason is. Go on. I think it's uh, the chiropractors and the DIY aromatherapists. It's okay. the same principle. 
You get a chiropractor. Yeah. Who knows a little bit about a specific thing. Got qualifications in a thing. And they decide to speak with authority on every other fucking thing under the sun. So if you've got cancer, don't speak to your medical doctor because the chiropractor knows. The chiropractor's got your back, Chris. <laughs> the chiropractor knows exactly what to do. And they can sell you something because they know. And then the stuff the chiropractor says is a lot like if you've ever joined a group which has got a lot of people that are really interested in exploring the health benefits of essential oils and aromatherapy, <laughs> they get a little bit of some sort of rather shite study that's normally done by someone like a chiropractor. And then they milk it for all it's worth by making memes and then passing it along. Has your child got autism? Well, all you need is a little bit of a lavender essential oil and they'll be <laughs> Magically like a normal person. That's <laughs> how they'd normally sell it. And I think that this translates into astrology and the magic. Because yeah. astrologers try to learn from uh, the planets and ancient lore and the like in order to read. They use astrology, planets, all that is kind of like a language. What they then try to do is in a really rather shit way translate that over to magical practice when none of them, none of them, I've never met an astrologer that's been any good at magic. Yeah. Um, none of them really have much grounding in astrology, much like a chiropractor trying to become a GP. Yeah. Because you know that whenever there's a dodgy product, particularly I've seen some of these American adverts and that, where it's got an actual doctor that's coming on saying, I approve this, you find <laughs> out the doctor they are is an ND, naturopathic doctor or yeah. a chiropractor, and they're not actually a GP, yeah. they're not a, they're a not medical, medical doctor. doctor. Yeah. There's a certain essential oil company that we really like and sell their products and their head of um, the science department is a doctor such and such. Yep. And I found out that actually he's a chiropractor, but he dresses himself up in a lab coat with a stethoscope <laughs> to make himself look like a medical doctor. But there we go. I mean, we might be going off on a tangent, so we'll stick to it. So if I put that in the context of this astrology what we've got is we've got a lot of people that kind of study ancient astrology and the like and they don't really move with the science and they don't really think oh we're understanding a little bit more about the planets and the like so what they do is they end up missing the original lore and secrets and mysteries around the original astrology by the ancients because they don't fucking understand that and they're trying to cobble it together into some kind of system which is normally ignoring scientific principles often yeah. and then what they do is try to marry it up with a science uh, with a magic and occultism and the like so what you get is you get some complete idiot that is a little good at doing natal charts yeah you know and they can give you a little bit of information. They're the sort of person that said, uh, oh, yes, I predicted COVID. Because they said, well, I told lots of clients last year that they were going to be ill. <laughs> and you think, no, this is not this is not the sort. I've seen so many. I've seen so <laughs> many. There's a certain hoodoo podcast where they go on about this sort of thing, where they make astrology per, per, uh, predictions and the like. And then it comes up as retrospectively they inflate the readings that they give from before because whenever i see astrology and astrology readings they tend to be accurate but very 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 um not much detail in it yeah and then what the people do is sometimes they'll branch out as we've seen the psychics branch out they'll branch out to do magical work and they'll try and understand the mysteries of the ancients and yeah. get a lot of it wrong and what they won't understand is they won't understand the perspective of magical practitioners such as witches like us, where we say, I want to do something, I will fucking do it, and I will do it in whatever way works. Yeah. So rather than thinking about, I think I understand, because the Scott 
Cunningham book talks about the secret laws of the universe and when this planet appears to be going backwards in the sky, well, everyone says that planet rules this, which means it must be in charge of that, even though it's a rock. <laughs> it must be. It must be in charge of that because the Scott Cunningham book said it was and yeah. lots of other people say it is. Therefore, it must be. Therefore, I'm going to program that into my spells because I believe it. Yeah. Emphasis on the last point, because we can <laughs> equate this also with that old Wiccan weed thing about, yeah. oh, well, free, you know, things will be uh, thrice as bad if I do something bad, which basically means if you do a, scare, a spell and you feel guilty, you've attached a bungee rope to that spell. Yeah. So that it goes off and then it'll come back again and hit you in the face. Yeah. But there yep. we go. Yeah. But going back be giving slight... them the, away back this secret. <laughs> going back slightly to on this podcast episode. <laughs> going back slightly to that, um, to the sense of understanding their misunderstanding of, obviously we name the energy after these planets. It is not therefore saying that the energy necessarily comes from that planet, which I think is part of the problem that they the people don't quite understand so yeah the logo of the football team <laughs> yeah the mascot that ain't the fucking football team that's symbolic <laughs> of the football team yeah it stands yeah. on the side and it might yeah. be like one of those things where it comes on first and you cheer it and that and it goes out and in a leaflets out and little i don't know stress balls with the logo of the football team on and that but it ain't the football team right what we're talking about is we're just talking about displaying magical principles and the like in the form of a language. And that yep. language that we generally commonly use is a planets and astrology and the like, because yep. it doesn't matter where you are in the world, humans have always kind of looked at the sky. So it is a good thing, you know, to do. But people are kind of missing that. But there we go. We should teach a course on astrology, Chris. Imagine <laughs> how amazing that would be. That would be oh. so cool. The thing is, it wouldn't be astrology, though. I think that's the problem. Well, it would, we could we could teach a course on modern ancient astrology. Okay. So ancient astrology from a modern magical practitioner's perspective. That does sound because good. Because we use the planets in that, don't we? we but we planets. don't. Do, do you ever do astrology? Do you ever do astrology? I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. The last time I did. I often use astrological symbols and that as a language to explain to a client how something works. But that's not what I would call astrology. I don't think you're really personally, I don't think you're doing astrology unless you are, you know, knee deep in calculations. Because to me, that is that is the science part, the, the logos, the theology part at the end of that has to be applying that that science otherwise it's not you know that's why it's not astromancy <laughs> you know astromancy it is astrology it's the study of so if you're not actually you know doing doing the actual calculations then i don't really see myself as doing astrology um Whereas, you know, applying astronomy <laughs> to my magical practice, which is, I think, what people get the confusion with. I think that's part of it is that they mix up the idea of signs and symbols with actual astro uh, astronomy, actual movements of the planets um, in order to actually. And I think somewhere along the lines, they get conflated and confused. Um, so, you know. Saying that, the only exception I would probably make is to things like eclipses. But that's because they're uber, uber cool. Um, so I get quite excited. Only the big ones, you know, the solar ones. Um, I don't really get all excited about lunar eclipses. But the, you know, the big solar ones, because those are, that is such a change of perspective, like perspective you know, for the, the sunlight to literally just disappear for a few moments in the middle of the day. How could you not take that as some kind of, you know, 
um, celestial event that you have to kind of pay attention to or you know Halley's Comet coming back or you know one of the big ones that only comes only so many hundreds of years um I could kind of see tying magical things to it so yeah. it's probably that's the, that's the bit I was more getting at as opposed to using the energy of the moment but tying um tying a, a powerful spell to a movement like that would be you know that sort of stuff interests and gets me cogs a turning um otherwise you know it's just another day at the office isn't it surely well people all get a little bit confused i think because obviously the planets the moon or that that do, they do have an effect on the earth and on everyday life you know when you've got about talk about the moon particularly we understand how it can uh, change uh, women parts and um the ocean and the tide and the like that sort of thing so i'm sure there'll be a lot of people that are very angry about to comment on their keyboard saying well astrology is a thing because it affects it because it affects this 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 and this <laughs> what we're talking about is yes there are scientific observations that you can make that the planets that do stuff they make pretty patterns in the sky by their motions and all that sort of stuff there's more and more and more things that we're finding that actually planets and the like, Jupiter, for example, not blue, associated with blue, apparently emits a blue light now from what I've heard. Science has been saying that there's a blue light or some radiation or some shit like that that emanates from, from Jupiter. What I'm saying is think of the planets as tools tools no not our wiccan friends not tools like them tools like you know your uh i was gonna say chalice then tools like your cauldron oh see i was thinking more like a hoe <laughs> in the garden a hoe yeah obviously witches what we'll do is we'll notice energetic changes and the like in the atmosphere, in the surroundings and that. They could be created by many, many, many different things. Cycles within cycles within cycles. And very often when we're doing a magic in order to power that magic, we'll often link that to those power sources. Yeah. So when you're talking about seasons and that sort of thing, the magic behind some of these seasonal celebrations and rituals and the like, then yes, there's magic there. There's utilising the energy that's at play. Now, when it comes to astrology and the ideas of you can't do this because of this rule that Western astrologers think of, that's not true, okay? So if you want to use the planets as inspiration as a plate, placeholder so for example if you want to pull astral energy through the moon and use the moon as a gateway to do that at night time that's fine go ahead and do that that'll work quite well but what's going to happen and what we tend to see is we see all of these kind of memes that come out these rules of thumbs that are based on kind of ways of reading astrology that real life astrologers might not necessarily read is the amateur astrologers that have read one yeah. book on astrology um, that pick up these little things and then they start trying to add it to their magical practice. And sometimes it will actually end up causing trouble. Is in the Mercury retrograde thing, I've met a lot of people at this point that are scared to death of casting any sort and doing any sort of magic when Mercury looks like it's going backwards in the sky. Which is funny because these people never even look at the sky. They don't know yeah. Mercury's going retrograde unless yeah. everyone on social media is saying, oh, Mercury's retrograde, Mercury's retrograde. And then they say, oh, I'm glad you told me that. Raven, whatever your name is, because it always starts with a raven or something like that, doesn't it? Yeah, there's always a bird. I won't do that magical ritual I was going to plan because obviously it will go to shit. And I'm thinking, fucking hell. I mean, seriously, call yourself a witch. But I know there's quite a lot of things that we need to unpack within this. Um, and there's also something that's popped up on my screen that I've got to get off my chest because it's just rather... I don't know whether it's amused me or uh, annoyed me. 
but it's also to do with the same sort of social media witches. But I'll leave that for the Patreon, you know. <laughs> Spirits are dancing naked and causing trouble on a cycle track. That sounds like something for the Patreon, doesn't it, Chris? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I can, like I said, we're not we're not saying don't make observances don't look up at the sky those all those all have important impacts if you want to include that in your work what we're saying is don't listen to a meme on on instagram or facebook that is telling you you can't do a certain kind of magic because there is an illusion in the sky of mercury going backwards so you know that's what we're trying to say is pointing out that that is a signifier it's an omen. If you want to use that omen in your practice in order to react differently during that time, um, you know, it might change the way if you happen to actually work with um, a mercurial spirit like Mercury uh, or Hermes or Thoth or, or any of those that you might consider. Um, I went to say Odin then because all the memes say that Mo Odin is apparently a mercurial spirit. I don't understand how that works myself. However, Anyway. Well, maybe. I mean, he was made up, wasn't he? So is he a trickster just on the basis that he was made up? Well. Because that's about the only connection I can think of. I think it's because they consider him to be a teacher of magic and Mercury's often a teacher of magic and he's teaching Yeah, but Odin doesn't trick. know the first thing about magic. Well, didn't Odin sell one of his eyes in order to become wise? Yes, to gain knowledge. So we didn't know it. <laughs> so, you know, just it doesn't mean that, whereas, you know, you've got the likes of Freya, who is pretty much magic incarnate, or Hecate, those sorts of people who are magic incarnate, you don't actually, you can't equate that same um, magnitude to Odin, um, you know. The Christian created all father. I don't think you could <laughs> who had to sell an you know, had to rip out one of his eyes in order to gain some knowledge, and not even great knowledge at that point. Anyway, going off, we were supposed to make rants about the Norse uh, path, uh, pantheon on a different podcast. So let's not do that here. But the my point is, you know, it, maybe it changes the way if you are observing it, but like Liam said. If, if you are taking it into consideration into your practice, you should be looking up at the sky as part of your practice if that's why you're taking that into consideration. If you're just going by the witch's almanac or, or one of those other shitty things that comes out of Llewellyn that tells you you need to do something like that specifically, then I really think you should be taking another hard look at your practice. And see, if you're doing things because a book has told you to, or because you've actually got a magical reason for wanting to do it that way. There you go. I did the rant for a change. I'm trying to find, because this was specifically asked by a certain someone, and I can't oh, remember because okay. they wanted us to cover a couple of things. And I'm trying to work, work out exactly where it was that they put because they put it on a comment. I think it was one the, of the... The big ones that normally come up, aren't they, are the dark moon, um, eclipses and Mercury retrograde are the main ones that people get all their knickers in a bunch over the fact that those those observances are occurring. Um, and we've already covered, particularly with the moon, it's a case of the moon is present and it doesn't half of it doesn't just magically disappear at different parts of the month um you know the moon is always there it is always having an effect that is the reason why you can see it in the in the in the ocean tides why you can see it in the behavior of women uh, with their menses like you know all of that is down to the fact that it is there as a permanent fixture zooming around the um the planet every day so, you know. Can we talk about planetary magic during retrogrades and lunar magic during eclipses? The internet's are blowing up. Really weird ideas about this stuff right now. Okay, that was the question. Um, yeah. So, 
planetary magic, you can work a planetary magical system without ever actually working with the physical planets. <laughs> <laughs> much exactly. like you can use a runic system without ever having actually gone back in time and learned the <laughs> original runes right um yeah what we're talking about now is we're talking about languages now some people don't work like that they don't think of runes or planets or anything like that as a magical languages much like numbers can be used as a language in mathematical formulas it's a language isn't it to display things e equals mc squared that's using a language to display something rather complicated planets and the like in planetary magic you use the planets to display creation and to a certain extent sometimes things are outside of creation yes so not everyone works like that now what a lot of people in paganism which is the sort of people that you'll find online what they look at is they think hmm ancient are peoples that have just stopped living in caves they've been a looking at the planets and they've been a making assumptions and the like and stuff and they've been saying things i know that because i went to the museum and there was a plaque on the rule that said was said two paragraphs about what the ancients believed in this, what the ancients believed in that. And I think that those people know a hell of a lot more than me, so I'm going to copy them without really understanding it. That's what I tend to see a lot of. Yeah. And what you need to think of is you need to think, well, they may have understood a little bit about something, but they don't understand the same culture that we live in today, and they didn't necessarily use the same science the same way yeah. now if you were going to go back in time and actually learn the official proper magical system i think that would be fascinating and i think that that would probably work out really well for you for you to merge in the new concepts and the new things that you've learned from this time in this life that's brilliant however if you're going to take little bits not from the ancients, but from folklore and superstition, which is really where all of this is coming from. It's coming from the superstitious types. You yeah. Know? Um, superstition is the perfect word for what you're describing there. Just kudos for that. It's the case of, I understand magic because I understand what to do with the salt. Because, uh, you know, that's what we do with the magic. It magic because i don't have a fucking clue how it works i'm just told that if i do that yeah. and we as witches we ain't hunters on a supernatural tv series where they just assault and burn the bones because that's what everyone else does and it's not kind of works we don't work like that we look like proper occultists so we break down why something works and then try and find other ways of making the same thing work so when you're talking about all of this stuff which your magical practices, folklore inspired and mythology inspired, then you'll see a lot of this in your practice. Because what it is, is it's less about, okay, let's find out how this works. And instead, here we go. All I've got to do is I've got to find a load of spells that work and write them in a book of shadows and then I can uh, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat instead of actually finding out what the concepts and the things are behind them that work. So it's copy paste, copy paste, as opposed to thinking, okay, maybe this lunar um, magic during a dark eclipse isn't a good idea. Why isn't it a good idea? Let's do some experimentation. Instead, we just get these blank terms of don't do magic during Mercury retrograde, or this kind of cultural thing that comes from psychology of, I know, I live in the Western world and I'm a witch. Instead of a blaming it all on the Satan like the Christians do, I'm an astrologer Wiccan, so I'm going to blame it all on Mercury retrograde. That's why I'm having a bad day at work. It's Mercury retrograde. You people are always looking at someone to blame. Well, I tell you what, sometimes people are assholes 
and cut you up when you're trying to get on the motorway or over a roundabout. Yeah, shit does happen. But at the same time, if you're a witch, you should be using magic and knowledge and the like to get over these things. Yeah. So, I don't know. I've kind of had it up to here about all of this bollocks because it's copy and paste. None of it yeah. ever seems to be. Oh yes, I did experimentation, and this was the result of the experimentation. Is well, I heard this because I read it in a book, Chris. I'm a master witch because I've read a yeah, thousand yeah. books. You've yeah. only read a hundred books, therefore you're a beginner. But I'm a master witch because I've uh, read a thousand books now, and a lot of those thousand books I've noticed they all say similar, if not the same things. Therefore, I'm taking those golden nuggets. And I'm going to assume, yeah. I'm going to take them in and I'm going to think, I can copy and paste the golden nuggets and everything will be okay. Oh dear, it's the flawed mentality. I don't know, have we gone At over At the end yet? of the day, if we We've went over five gone minutes over ago. because of the ranting. <laughs> Hello you, you patrons. Went... <laughs> <laughs> you went over as soon as you started your last rant. The, um... But yeah, the, what what baffles me is is yeah that if it was a case of they'd done a load of love magic and they'd suddenly caused a load of an abortions during um, during Mercury retrograde, I would kind of understand their behaviour was going. Oh, okay. Well, I did that spell once and it majorly majorly fucked up. Like, but you know, and if there were no other explanations for why that fucked up other than the fact that the planets were in a particular illusion of going backwards, then I would kind of be going, okay, well, you've tried out your theory and clearly you've got some grounds there. You need to work on why Mercury retrograde affects you like that. Yeah. And was it the fact that you thought that Mercury retrograde, Mercury retrograde, okay, I'll do it, but uh, part of me feels like this is going to go wrong and that ends up causing the problem? Or is it, that with your fertility spell, you incorrectly added the power source and the power source happened to be all of the fetuses that were currently around in the vicinity that ended up being drained of their life force to power your spell. You know, because that yep. might have been the actual culprit of the problem and it wasn't metamercury retrograde, it was poor spell cast design. I'm not saying that will happen, mind be funny if it did though, wouldn't it? No, I just wanted to try and give a, a kind of random example of kind of pointing out what that would actually be like. Because at the end of the day, like, that's that's the sort of thing people need is a good example rather than us just kind of going on and on and on about how something works. I don't know what happened there. My internet suddenly decided to decide that it was going to do all sorts of upgrades and You know Miss Mercury retrograde, don't you? Yeah. Um, I don't know whether it is, I'm presuming it is. I've left it I've left it running. Was I supposed to stop it? No. I left mine running too. Oh okay, so you just cut this bit out. Yeah. Okay. Where were we? 29th of May Mercury retrograde is. Therefore, it can't be Mercury retrograde. So, for those at home, we just had a technical hiccup, right? If this happened during Mercury retrograde, people would be a blaming Mercury retrograde. But Mercury retrograde isn't currently going on at the moment. Mercury's are flying a normal forwards in the sky. So, what are we going to blame it on now? Well, I was going to blame it on the fact that a certain rather powerful individual um, decided to start messaging me and probably tried to connect to me at the time they were talking to me and therefore messed up with my internet. Is it a human or is it a spirit? A human. Oh. A super witch? One of my super witches, bless him. Right, what were we doing? Well, I don't know if we've covered this adequately. Okay. But we'll leave it for people to ask specific questions. Okay. That we that can then pick up maybe on Witchcraft Live or weave into other podcasts. Because okay. I know this so wasn't you were gonna, very well you planned. Were gonna, 
you were going to make that statement about uh, something you'd seen online. Yes, right. As you may or may not know, I was asked to perform a minor role as a moderator in an advanced witchcraft group. They don't have a huge amount of advanced witchcraft people in, mind you, but that's besides the point. They are trying their best, so it seems, to get rid of idiots. So I posted, because I normally try and post in there, because I'm supposed to post something every week. And I thought, fuck. What can I post? I haven't posted anything for a while. Okay. So what I'll do is I'll put one of the little pictures of the sculpture. It's like this little twig, twig-armed man dancing um, sculpture that we took a picture of on one of our little sculpture trail walks, Chris, if you remember. Oh, uh, yeah, put, that one, the little yeah. dancing. Yeah, little dancing weird man thing. Looks like half spirit kind of animal thing, half uh, human, but it's a statue. Um, and they put on this little sculpture trail. So I thought I'd put, post that and put a sculpture on a sculpture trail along a track. The real question is, do I A, attach a troublemaking spirit to it or B make a troublesome spirit to live in it the troublesome part is obvious but what else could we make it do lol was I thinking egregores or something like that and then I thought oh okay I better uh, you know uh, add a little bit for the people that are not particularly advanced just to keep it you know keep it going so I put a little comment of uh, that it kind of reminded me of the um the monkey enclosure at Longleat Safari Park where the monkeys rip the windscreen wipers off of people's cars who drive through it and I'm thinking yeah sabotaging bloody cyclists and that that are going along the trail and the like and I thought well, you know, <laughs> that was just one option potential because it looks yeah. troublesome, doesn't it? It looks like one of the, it looks like a it does. the sort of spirit that if there was a spirit in it that we were to put in it, it looks like the sort of thing that would have caused trouble. It's not the sort of thing you'd yeah. go and ask for advice from, put it that way. No, it looks more like the, you know, the kid in Jumanji that gets turned into a chimp. Yeah. It's got that kind of feel yeah. about it, hasn't it? Where it's not quite human and it's not quite animal. Um, and then yeah. I got people jumping on immediately. There is no spirit. Troublemaking of any kind in here. Just enjoy its beauty. I was like, clearly you don't understand that it doesn't have it. <laughs> I said that I said I was going to put a spirit in it. Put something in. Put so something I'm thinking... In. This Anton person perhaps doesn't understand that it is possible to A, create spirits, or B, put spirits <laughs> inside objects. Although there's a many a horror films that and the like that maybe this person's probably watched. Because they even know about that old trick on bloody TV series. Come on. <laughs> even the paranormal investigators know yeah. about putting spirits in dolls. And then other people just jumped on. What? Why would you? Why would you do such a thing? Why would you put a troublemaking spirit inside it to keep people off the trail? Why would you want to do that? And it's just like, oh come on, people! I'm just trying to have a little low joke and a laugh, you know, this kind of thing. And then someone's Let's talk like, about actual magic. Yeah, I'm trying to give you know because this advanced thing is basically Wikipedia articles, um, copying well. Articles written about spirits and the like that have been copy and pasted from Wikipedia. So I'm trying to spice things up a little bit. <laughs> and other people put, um, you should just leave the statue and the spirit world alone. Well, I couldn't leave that one, could I? So I put, uh, I could, but where's the fun in that, lol? And then they said, Jesus Christ, you are disrespectful to other beings in nature. And I put, well... I don't think Jesus is that disrespectful. <laughs> because I know that a lot of times people will respond and put messages and they'll accidentally click the reply button instead of writing a new message. And I figured that that response yeah. was for Jesus and not for me. Just happened to have my uh, name yeah. at the beginning. Um, oh, are people still confusing you with Jesus again? I think you should shave so. that beard off. Yeah, well, maybe it's that. I only got strapped to that cross the one time. <laughs> um, 
And then some people actually did take it as a good kind of, you know, oh, let's have a little thing. Some people said about, oh, making it give people visual hallucinations. Um, oh, that's a good idea. Some people said about um, making cyclists who don't have bells um, jump by hearing a loud bell noise as they pass by. So it's basically <laughs> trying to teach people. My favourite one was about... Um, causing destruction and essentially haunting and giving people bad luck who litter in the area. I thought that was a really good one. So I decided to That's go with that That's a nice one. one. And then obviously Case uh, has put, interesting, it looks and feels like it's already got a spirit in it. And I was thinking, yeah, you're the sort of person <laughs> that every, every single time someone puts a picture of something online, you go and message them privately and say it's haunted. And that you'll do an exorcism or some yeah. shit for like 20 quid if they send it to your PayPal 200 today. quid. But there we go. <laughs> and then one of the others is really crazy, which is at the bottom for our current perspective. And what they've decided to do, I don't know, you'll have to tell me, Chris, whether you think this is a joke or whether you think they are seriously crazy. It's like the paranormal investigators like to see stuff where there's nothing actually there. They've blown up the image and put two rings in like a red pen, or they've done it digitally, yeah. but yeah. the equivalent, of two slightly different coloured leaves that are amongst okay. the other green leaves and are trying to make it look like there's people or spirits are living in there when actually it's two different coloured leaves from two different plants <laughs> that are mixed in with all the greenery that's around it. And I'm, and they've put, who are these people? And I'm not entirely sure whether it's taking the piss or whether okay. it's serious. Because you can never tell on things like this. I like no, to think they're taking the piss, but... It's the same people, the same group of people that can't tell the difference between a speck of dust on a camera and an orb. Yeah. Uh, but no, anyway, that was, the, that was have... the one of the things where I thought, oh, this is just so annoying now. Because they were talking <laughs> about it at the Tuesday night moot last night. And they were saying, have you seen this kind of, uh, the comments people are looking? Because I just posted it and walked away like I do. And then I go back like yeah. a couple of days later. And yeah, it's just really sad. That's what makes me sad, Chris, is that you can have a little bit of a laugh and a joke and put something, but I want some kind of magical conversation. But all you get told is, that's yeah. immoral, that's bad. Why would you do such a thing? You know, you're Nor bad. Three. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking these people that have told me off, what do you think they do on day-to-day, -day, like magical practice-wise? What do you think they consider to be useful in terms of time. Do you think they're the sort of people I that... I imagine raise... post, posting memes about Mercury retrograde is exactly what I would imagine they probably do. do that. Maybe that's where... The, maybe that's why I... Uh, maybe that's what made me think of it halfway through the podcast. And cat memes. Cat memes. Okay. Yeah. Those are those sorts of people, I'm sure. Mm. They might do a ritual once a year. Or once every time yeah, one but... of the bigger sabbats come along, probably to raise a measly amount of energy and go direct it towards something like curing world hunger <laughs> or something. And you know, I'm not, I'm not being funny, Liam, but I imagine they're the sorts of people that the closest they get to magic is lighting a candle <laughs> on an altar. Chris, you're at such the a full nasty moon bitch. Is probably. <laughs> The closest that these people get to actual magic. Um, well, that is magical, is it not? But what lighting a candle? Yeah. Okay. Surely, all you have to do for sure. a candle spell is just to light the candle. The intent does the rest, does it not, Chris? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> the programming of the content does the rest. So. And before you comment, Liam, I got this nosebleed before this episode started. It has okay. nothing to do with Mercury retrograde. It has to do with the fact that I'm dehydrated. I would imagine they didn't have anything to do with Mercury retrograde. Because from what I just Googled, it's not until the 29th anywhere where we are. <laughs> it's just anti-flow, Chris. That's all it is. 
Anti-Flo has paid a visit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think I'm on my period, am I? She's trying to get you in any way she can. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's better bleeding out of that end than it is bleeding out the bottom end, to be fair. Oh, Liam, you didn't need to go there. Right, you've got ten minutes. What else can we say about, you know, bullshit memes and astrology? I don't know. Are we gonna g- are we gonna give are we gonna give any golden nuggets away today other than avoid these memes? Well I don't know. I I have to think about golden nuggets because normally they come up in conversation when talking about something magical. All I'd say is probably the takeaway from this podcast is um don't believe the memes and think of astrology as a language. That something is trying to communicate information to you through. There's a little bit of a science in there. And a little bit of a physical sciences and physics that gets weaved in with it. But predominantly when you're talking about magic, magical practice and the like. You are talking about languages, really. Yeah. When it comes to the design of rituals and spells and the like. Don't be copy and pasting your correspondences. Because this comes from the sort of people that copy and paste correspondences. They copy and paste lore and mythology. And they copy and paste their magical correspondences. And they blend a lot of them together. And I know that's kind of very traditional folky magic. But let's be fair. Traditional folk magic in the hands of an actual magical practitioner can be something great. But there's a difference between the local cunning man coming along and fixing a situation of a spirit's running through the middle of your house at 12 o'clock every night by putting a horseshoe above the door, which is normally their point of access, compared to old Farmer John down the road that keeps doing it. Oh, I, I had a horseshoe because yeah. it's lucky. I had this because of this. I had that because of that. You know, there's well, one go- thing there's magical back. practice at play. It's going back to that word superstition, isn't it? Yeah. Which I think is a really, a really important point to, you know, nail home. Is the fact that superstition is where the magic has actually gone away. The knowing of why we do these things has long gone. Um... And all that's left is a superstition. So, you know, if you're doing something purely out of superstition and you're not exploring that superstition in order to actually try and put its magical purpose back or giving it a new magical purpose, playing with the idea that you get from the, you know, the horseshoe protection part, if you're going actually, well, no, what I'm going to do is assign assign a um a correspondence to the the material it's made of or apply a correspondence to you know the fact that it's a horseshoe you know that as part of that animal about you know gatekeeping or or something that you want to then apply to it that is magical working if you are simply just putting it up there because grandma said um and her grandma said we're back in the world of superstition where you're not doing something with purpose. Yes. We want to deal with a new phrase, which I think I might be just coining. I'm just going to do a Google to see whether this has ever been said before. Because if a Google tells me it is, um, then I'll be upset. You realise where I've... you've plagiarised it from? As far as I know, I'm the first person to say this. I'm going to make a video with this as the title, which is why I thought of it. The metaphysics of superstition and how you make superstitions work from a magical perspective. That sounds cool, doesn't it? It does. Now, let's leave on something characteristic of us, and that's to take something that other people talk a lot about and to flip it on its head and take a widely discussed topic and turn it into something that no one ever fucking talks about. 
So if we're talking about Mercury retrograde particularly, and everyone's a bitching about whether it's a thing or whether it's not a thing and getting irate, we don't think that it's a thing that affects us because we don't have problems with it. However, as witches, why don't we come up with a way of making it actually a thing? Right? (laughs) So if you Mercury retrograde assuming audience, listeners, that is not a thing and has no power, how would we as witches actually make it a thing? So if we turned Mercury retrograde into a kind of a curse and fired it at some of these annoying fucking people on social media. Because if they're a bitching about, oh, Mercury retrograde this, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. Well, I mean, come on. They're already uh, thinking that it's a bad thing. Why don't we actually make it an impact on their lives? Because that would bring me some satisfaction. Yeah. (laughs) Mercury retrograde curse, Chris. Yeah, anyone, hashtag, anyone, anyone that actually uh, has listened to this and is on the the secret page, uh, the secret Facebook group, or on the Patreon, obviously, because you won't have heard this unless you were, um, you know, if you can throw some ideas at what you would use, maybe we'll add it to the next, we'll add it to an appropriate witch wars or something and we'll make it happen. Why not? Practical magic in motion. I have an idea. Based on social media and the like. Right? So, concept of sigil magic and the like. You can use sigil magic for a lot of different things. But I know a lot of people use it as a focal point to pull energy through a sigil. If they're putting that sigil out there like a corporate logo or whatever. Or to push, (coughs) push energy into the sigil so if you think of the sigil as a a gateway that you can push things through really what you want is a one-way walkie-talkie because you or a baby monitor because you want to send stuff out but you don't want it to necessarily come back automatically instead of using a sigil why don't we send jinx through hashtag mercury retrograde so anyone that uses (laughs) it Yeah. Stop getting jinxed. And for those that don't know what (laughs) jinx is, it's essentially a run of bad luck, which is very mercurial. And if we chose something perhaps that could power this, maybe had a word with Hermes and said, Yo, Hermes, how much is it going to cost for you to power this? Mercury retrograde, if I feed you some of this, supply a little bit of an energy. Can you do a little bit of a tweaking and a screw a couple of over people over that are using this? And then watch it explode. <laughs> and see the, this is the worst Mercury retrograde I've had in years. That sort of shit. <laughs> be brilliant. I mean, talk about giving like them what it. they want, Chris. We're only giving them what I like they it. want. I like it. And the thing is, because they've already got a belief in it, It'll just feed the attraction part of the spell that'll push it directly to them. It's genius. It's genius. Um, It sounds like we're going with that plan unless one of you comes up with something more brilliant. Yes. And I suppose, um, technically, if you're talking about how that works, try and deconstruct what I said and how you would apply it to something else. Because the idea of the hashtag Mercury Retrograde... Well, are there other hashtags that you'd want to send energy through? Are you want to hex people that use stupid bloody social media hashtags? Or are there hashtags of, um, you know, Survivor or something like that? Would you want to send some sort of nice specific energy? Because thinking of hashtags, they're summing up a topic that is relevant to the person that's posting, right? So if you want to get a lot on a group of people that you don't know and aren't interested in getting to now, hashtags are great for doing that. Hashtag Thoth Witchcraft. If we sent something through hashtag Thoth Witchcraft, then anyone that used (laughs) that could get a little jolt or there'd be something there, wouldn't there? Hashtag Witches of Instagram. 
Well, if you wanted to screw over a bunch of fucking annoying... Careful, because we, we personally use that one. That's true, we do. Let's not do that one. Maybe we should do Let's one of them use for that Witch one. Wars. We'll do one of them for a Witch Wars at some point. If you've got any ideas as to Social any hashtag sabotage. you'd want to send curses through, then let us know in the comments on the um, Nordbard Witchcraft Facebook group. Or you can comment underneath, I think you can comment, because we've been getting more and more comments from people underneath on the Patreon. But put it in the uh, in yep. the Facebook group if you're on Facebook, because then other people will be like, what the hell are you talking about? I want in, I want in, I don't know what you're talking about. Because obviously us, page, us people on the Patreon, we have a slightly le higher level conversations than we do with, uh, you know, the people that don't listen to all of this part at the end where we just <laughs> ramble about random crap. But there we go. So I think we're, uh, we've got to go and do an episode of Feisty Witches now, haven't we? Yeah. And we're doing Alistair Crowley, both of us. Crowley. Team Crowley. 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 Right. So goodbye, everyone. <laughs>